from the National Society of Genetic Counselors, this is the NSGC podcast series. Exploring stories of leading voices and best practices in genetic counseling. Now to your host. Welcome to the NSGC podcast series. I'm your host, Kalita Leaquat. We are excited to kick off the third season of the podcast series with you today, where we'll be exploring the title of genetic counselor and how it relates to our roles. First up, my co-host Naomi Wagner will sit down with Chandler Means, who co-authored I Am a Genetic Counselor, a qualitative exploration of field leaders' perception of the title genetic counselor. This article was printed in volume 29 of the Journal of Genetic Counseling. And now over to Naomi and Chandler. Hi, I'm Naomi Wagner, and I'm here with Chandler Means to discuss her recent Journal of Genetic Counseling article. Welcome, Chandler. Hi, thanks for having me. Before we jump in, can you briefly introduce yourself and tell us about your current role? Sure. So I'm a genetic counselor. I went to Boston University for graduate school, and I finished school about a year ago. So I'm a somewhat new genetic counselor, and I'm working now in Southern California as a clinical genetic counselor in cancer genetics. Awesome. So I feel like I have to ask, do you feel like genetic counselor is a good description for your role? I do. Overall, I would say I think it's a good descriptor of what I do. When I tell people what I do, I typically tell them more of the genetic component. But I think when people ask about how counseling fits in, I can definitely justify why that is part of what I do. So yes. Yes. Okay. I can tell you've been thinking about this question of what the title genetic counselor means. And I know for your capstone project in graduate school, you focused on this question. So can you tell me a little bit about how you decided to do this study in the first place? Yeah. The idea of the study came up pretty casually in a discussion during graduate school. So we had a class discussion about the title and just if we thought it was the most appropriate title, if we thought it should be something different, what would we suggest if we wanted to change it? And I came up with the idea of discussing more so how it might impact patient perception or even just willingness to come to a genetic counseling appointment, how open they may be based on any misunderstanding of the title. So I was initially interested in how it would affect a patient coming to the appointment and being open to the interaction. And so that's kind of what started this journey into deep diving into the title. And you decided to focus, though, more on genetic counselors working in the field and their Mm -hmm. perception. So how did you decide on your study participants and who you were going to interview? Once I got together with my committee for my capstone, we started to discuss kind of feasibility of talking to the general public or patients prior to an appointment. And as we talked about it, we started to realize that a good approach would be to start kind of internally. So talking to genetic counselors themselves about if there was any perceived issues with the title and what the opinions of genetic counselors were about the title. So we decided we would start with genetic counselors. And then from there, we decided to target thought leaders specifically. The idea was that these individuals, people that had leadership in the field, probably thought to some extent about the title and other professional issues. And if there were conversations happening about the title, they were probably a part of them. So we decided 
that our inclusion criteria would be that genetic counselors had to hold some leadership position, whether that be on the board of NSGC, ABGC, involved in training programs, or had some academic contributions. The other inclusion criteria we came up with was that they had to have at least 10 years of experience. And the thought behind that was that there was obviously a huge transition in the last 10 years with genetics and our profession. So we wanted to capture the perspectives of genetic counselors who have lived through that transition. So those were our inclusion criteria. And then obviously we wanted to talk to people in different specialties, industry, policy, and genetic counselors within the United States and internationally. So that's kind of how we came up with our 12 participants. Okay. So you did end up having participants who were both in the U.S. and outside of the U.S.? Three out of the 12 of our participants lived outside of the United States. And what was the split in patient-facing versus roles that didn't work directly with patients? I mean, it's hard to say for sure because some people did both at some point in their career. A lot of our participants, because they had so much experience, worked in both capacities. Okay. So I know I've heard a lot of chatter at conferences and in casual conversations about this. Was there already research um, in the literature about what genetic counselors thought about the title? No, there was no formal research that we found that explored the title. Obviously, there were blog posts and other articles in more casual settings about the topic, but there was no formal research. So hopefully in the future, more research can be done. That seems like it was the great approach to get people's open-ended thoughts on the topic. And I was really interested to see the themes that came out of this study. I know your article highlighted four main themes. I'll read those now. The first one is others misunderstand genetic counselor. Second, the term counselor in our title produces complex and conflicting emotions. Three, risks of changing our title outweigh the benefit. And four, we need to own the narrative surrounding our title. I'm wondering if you could speak a bit about some or all of these themes and your thoughts on them. Yeah, I'll run through all four of them. So For the first one, others misunderstand genetic counselor. Every single participant commented that to some extent they perceived misunderstanding or misconception from those outside of the profession. So I don't think that was very surprising to me personally, but I did think what was more surprising is how genetic counselors really didn't seem too thrown off by this. They really approached it as something to be managed and part of their job. So that part was more surprising to me. And then the second theme with the term counselor, obviously the term counselor in the title came up a lot in the interviews as part of the title that was a little bit more controversial, I guess. And so on one side, the genetic counselors really felt like the counselor part of our title emphasized our value in healthcare, right? It set us apart from other providers and it was really what made us unique. So a lot of people felt like that really shouldn't be changed because it's the irreplaceable part of our profession. And on the other side, they also talked about perceived stigma around the term counselor and how maybe it was a barrier to people coming in to see a genetic counselor or to being open to the interaction. So I feel like that was a really interesting dichotomy between the two sides of that. But also at the end of the day, people really felt like it would be kind of detrimental to get rid of that term. Did you feel that people were more emotional about that? Was that one of the things that people talked about most in the interviews? Yeah, I do. Especially because these genetic counselors have been in the field for so long, they were able to speak to the fact that in the future, there may be 
elements of our profession that could potentially be replaced, like the education part, or in the future, there could be algorithms, videos, other things that could replace parts of our profession. So for people that have been in the field and are seeing that progression, I think they were really the ones that wanted to emphasize, let's not forget you know, our value, even in the setting of all of these other service delivery models. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious, did anyone bring up the genetic part of the title or was it mainly the counselor part that people were talking about? So there was misunderstanding with that term too. I think the reason the counselor part became a theme was just kind of the two sides of that title and how there was just more complexity to that word. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I noticed that no one actively wanted to change the title, right? Right. So everybody was willing to discuss it openly and say, yes, this might not be the best title, but no one participant actively said, I definitely want this title to be changed. And I think that we really need to pursue that. I think because there is just so much more to it, which I found kind of a surprising part of this process is learning about genetic counselors' opinions and them being willing to say, it might not be the perfect title and there are a lot of issues with it, but let's look at the whole picture and realize that it could be harmful to change it, even though there are all these potential issues. I have to say that's almost like a genetic counselor skill in action, like recognizing something difficult and positive in the same title or the same word. Right, absolutely. There is definitely this underlying resilience, I guess, among the participants, which we can see in so many parts of the profession, but it really was this underlying acceptance of the fact that we do have all these potential barriers and struggles, but genetic counselors didn't really seem too thrown off by it. It just seemed like they were kind of used to it and were willing to do the work to overcome it. But not just acceptance, because I also noticed a lot of people commented on being quite proud of the title as well. Mm-hmm. That was definitely something that came up often. Even the genetic counselors I spoke to that may not work in settings that they think the title really suits, or they might have even had a different title in their current role, those genetic counselors still felt proud because of the training as a genetic counselor. So even if they were working in a role and weren't even being called a genetic counselor actively, they were still really proud to say, but I was trained in genetic counseling and I'm applying that. It might be in a new and interesting way, but I'm still using those skills. So it was a a lot of pride on everyone's background. Mm -hmm. And on that last theme, the idea of owning the narrative surrounding our title, did any of the participants have some interesting or helpful suggestions for addressing that theme? A lot of it was just really making ourselves present in healthcare and in the community. So marketing, promoting ourselves, speaking up more, writing articles, all of those different ways to just put ourselves out there. A lot of people also talked about how owning the narrative is also just taking the time to talk to people about our title and our role. One participant talked about how because our title might not be intuitive, it gives us the opportunity to really talk in detail to people about what we do and how meaningful our work is, which I thought was an interesting perspective. Yeah, definitely. One of the quotes in the article was someone who said, 
we have a story and that story contains one name, it's almost a hidden gem of our profession that under one title, people do so many different things. Exactly. I think that just ties back to the pride of our training that regardless of what you're doing, if you're trained as a genetic counselor, you have that unique skill set. So really the title and that exact role you're doing isn't as significant as the fact that you are a genetic counselor by training and that is relevant whether you're working with patients or doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, though, I was a little surprised that more people didn't have some negative, more negative perceptions towards the title. Was that also surprising to you? Yeah, I think I went into this study thinking there would, it would be more black and white. So I'd have mm-hmm. one group of participants that actively thought that the title was a problem or caused barriers and therefore it should be changed. And then another group who felt really attached to the title or really thought it defined their role and did not want it to be changed. And that was absolutely not the outcome. I think everyone kind of fell right in between. And I think that was what was so powerful is genetic counselors really saying, like I said, there's absolutely problems, but that doesn't mean we need to go do something drastic, like change the title. Instead, it's on us to do the work around it. But it was much less black and white than I anticipated. As it always is. Yes. (laughs) Was there anything else surprising to you about the findings of the study? Um, I think just how open everyone was in general about talking about the good and bad parts of the profession. And nobody was afraid to say things that really were obstacles, just as much as things they were proud of. So everyone seemed very open to both sides of it and very willing to address these topics, even if they had any sort of emotional feelings about the title, for example. We mentioned people being emotional about it, but I think it were both positive and negative feelings together that came through in the quotes in the article. Definitely. And emotion, again, was not so black and white. It wasn't they loved it or they hated it. It was very much complex emotions about the title, but also being in a profession where we've had to work so hard to get to where we are. And on one side, it's challenging. and On the other side, it makes us more proud to be a part of it. Yeah, I know you mentioned how you had chosen people who had been in the field quite a while, and it looks like there was an average of 24 years of experience among the participants. Did anyone comment that their feeling about the title had changed drastically over their time in the field? Not particularly. I think the people that have been in the field for a long time have, again, felt like even if the profession has changed or their roles have changed drastically, they are still a genetic counselor and they feel like their training as a counselor in genetics is as relevant as ever. So I don't think anybody actively felt different from the beginning Mm -hmm. of their career to this point, even though they've seen it change because fundamentally they feel like the skills are still very relevant. Interesting. So looking forward, what would you do next if you could do another study or build upon this work? I would still be really interested in hearing the perspectives of the people outside of the profession. So whether that be the general public, patients before the appointment, other healthcare providers, just to hear if the perceived misconceptions exist the way that we think they do. I mean, I think we all have a sense of how people feel based off our interactions with them, but I would be interested to see formal research on that. Definitely. And I'd be curious to hear what more genetic counselors think as well. Exactly. Yeah. 
capturing more opinions than 12, but also newer genetic counselors who are coming into the field at a very different point in time than those that entered the field 24 years ago. So that would be interesting as well. This was a really interesting article and thank you so much for sharing about it and certainly lots of exciting food for thought for further studies. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Chandler. Thank you for having me. To read Chandler's full article in the Journal of Genetic Counseling, visit nsgc.org forward slash Journal of Genetic Counseling. Next up, I'm sitting down with Beth Denny. Beth is a certified and licensed genetic counselor currently employed as the Director of Education and Engagement at Genome Medical. She has previously held roles at Geisinger National Council, Johns Hopkins, and served as the president of the ABGC Board of Directors in 2016. Beth, thank you so much for joining me today for this very first podcast of 2020. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. So we're talking about the title of genetic counselor or, or the identity of the genetic counselor today. So tell me a little bit about some of the roles you've had. Sure. I started my career in 2000 in a clinical role in the Department of Maternal Fetal Medicine at Johns Hopkins Hospital. So I was part of a group of four genetic counselors in that MFM group doing pre-test, post-test genetic counseling for patients that were being seen either through the MFM team or OBGYN departments at Johns Hopkins. And then after about 12 years, I moved onto the industry side and I was at council as their director of genetic counseling services. So kind of took on Still more of a traditional role, but in a more industry setting. So working with the team of genetic counselors that were doing post-test consults for um, patients that had had any of the um, tests or screens offered through council at the time. And then I moved out of that role into Geisinger National, which was a pretty brief stopover. I was there as their director of education and genetic counseling was going to be doing some consulting for them as they started to expand out their MyCode program. Geisinger National was a, a product of the Geisinger Health System that was unfortunately eliminated due to budget cuts, but several of us from that group were able to recently start new roles at Genome Medical. Um, so that's where I am now, and I am their new Director of Education and Engagement. So I'll be working on education initiatives and engaging patients and physicians across all of the different types of platforms and products that Genome Medical supports. I'm pretty excited about this new role, and I'm almost, almost ready to hit my 20-year anniversary. Thank goodness for graduating in the year 2000, so I can actually easily figure out how long I've been in this profession. <laughs> That's very good planning on your part. I know, right? <laughs> so, I, you know, you've had such a, an interesting trajectory to your career, and I can't help but notice that, you know, the term genetic counseling features in either your actual title or, or what you are responsible for, you know, at the director level, until we hit genome medical, you know, the, the words genetic counseling, genetic counselor don't really feature in your HR title and what you're describing. So to take a step back, do you feel like genetic counselor is a good description for the myriad of roles you've had? I do. And the reason I feel like that is because at this point, 
I personally think genetic counselors like our brand, right? So it's not necessarily the definition of what each and every single person who has the CGC behind their name does. But I do think it's a great description of what we're all very proficient in. So obviously the, the genetics part, we're all good at genetics. We know our genetics and genomics. And then counselor, I think really ties more into the fact that all of us bring empathy and compassion, whether the name genetic counselor is in our title or not. And I see that across my different roles. And then also, you know, working with genetic counselors in so many different positions across like an industry setting, whether it was a a genetic counselor on a curation team or a genetic counselor serving as a, a product manager, a genetic counselor serving as vice president of medical affairs, you know, all these people in all these different roles with all these different titles. At the end of the day, that education and background was playing a role in what they were doing. And I especially think about that, like empathy and compassion part, because everybody's bringing that spirit to what they're doing. They want the best for the patient at the end of whatever long workflow they're, they're part of, whether or not they're the actual person talking to the patient at the end of the day and doing the pre or post-test counseling. Somewhere in that workflow, their job is very important to the information that that patient is, is learning. And so I think genetic counselor is a great title at this point, I think of it as a title, as a brand, as, you know, it doesn't have to describe everything that all of us do on the surface. I love how you're framing it as genetic counselors, like the term is our brand. I don't think I've heard that before. I'm, I'm really going to embrace that. But just to take maybe a, a more personal approach, have you ever struggled with that terminology, genetic counselor, over time? Like in the clinical setting, as you mentioned, it's pretty clear what we do. But as you segue into industry and you've been in industry for some time, is that always a title that you felt was a good fit? And what do you think of alternative titles that are out there? Again, I do think it's been a good fit. And I actually had a chance to try on a couple other titles. And I realized in doing that how much I really liked genetic counselors. So there was a period of time pretty early when council was still very much in startup mode and they did not have their own internal marketing crew or team. And they were using an outside service at the time. And that service came back to the company and said, the word genetics scares people. And we think we should eliminate genetics from everything that you're doing, you know, website, how we introduce ourselves as genetic counselors. It was very interesting. It was, uh, as you can imagine, pretty controversial, but it did, it did happen for a period of time where they actually wanted us to introduce ourselves as clinical counselors. And some people may, even if they interacted with the council patient portal at the time, may recall some videos where a genetic counselor was introducing herself as a certified clinical counselor. And that felt gross, right? There are actually people who are certified clinical counselors. So to say that that's what we are is actually a breach of their certification. And it's exactly why we want to have the CGC behind our name so that we can, you know, protect our profession and make sure patients are being served by people who are actually trained to do what a certified genetic counselor does. So having that personal experience, you know, I come back to saying like, yeah, I think counselor is a great term. Genetic specialist has been, I've heard that tossed around a little bit. And I think it's redundant, right? I think all physicians out there are specialists. You know, if you're sending your child to a pediatric neurologist, you know, they're a pediatrician, but then they go see a specialist and they're not called like a pediatric neurologist specialist. 
I think of all specialists, whether you're a physician or a nurse or a genetic counselor or a PT, OT, whatever it might be, you're somebody that your doctor, who you think of as your primary doctor for any number of areas, they're referring to you. And so you are then considered a specialist in whatever that area is that you're practicing. I just don't think genetic specialist needs to be called out. Like, yes, that's what we are. But I think genetic counselor comes back to the core of patient first practice and having the empathy and compassion and the skill set to really go beyond just educating or just informing. So I come back to genetic counselor. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned a couple of things in thinking about your new role at Genome Medical with, you know, engagement and education. Do you think that training programs or even the core competencies that are put out for our profession are really preparing students to embrace and deliver on all of the different roles that genetic counselors are performing? Like even yourself, you know, at the director level of engagement, how do you think training programs are doing or what could they do to better prepare students for this title that we all have? Right. That's a great question. And I think having some background, you know, I spent some time on the ABGC board of directors and got much more insight into how the exam is developed, but also working with the ACGC organization in cooperation with them allowed me to really get a feel for both how the core competencies are developed, which then informs what we're doing on a daily basis in the profession. And that feeds into what needs to be placed on the exam as exam content. And so all of those things are related and it happens by really going out into the working group of genetic counselors. Anybody who considers themselves a genetic counselor, a certified genetic counselor is surveyed about what do you do on a day-to-day basis? And all of that comes back to, are we teaching the right skills to inform this variety of different roles? And so I think the programs are doing a fabulous job of capturing what students need to know to come in at that baseline level. But I also, interestingly enough, have had the fortune of being involved with the exam process while this field has been changing pretty drastically over the last 20 years. And at the end of the day, those core competencies are pretty much the same. So, you know, you're taking that skill set of being able to take complex information and boil it down to something that's more basic or easy to understand. And that's happening whether you're actually talking to a patient, whether you're thinking about how reports are going to be developed or written, if you're designing a patient portal, all of those skills, even genetic counselors who are serving on business teams and going out in medical science liaison roles, they're taking complex genetic information and helping to break it down into Language that physicians who aren't used to genetic testing and screening can understand, helping those physicians understand how to explain, you know, a type of screener test to their patients. And so all of those core competencies, I think, are still part of the diversity of roles. So we have this phenomenal skill set right when we come out of graduate school. And I personally think that no matter what direction a new genetic counselor goes, they're going to continue to build on that skill set. And, you know, with each job and role that comes along, they're still going to have that foundation, but there's always going to be growth. And that's true no matter what profession somebody's in, or at least I like to think that's true. I like to think that as well. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such an enlightening conversation and I'm really curious to see where your new gig takes you. Me too. I'm a mere few weeks in, so I'm excited to see where this goes and what new skills I gain along the way. That concludes this month's episode of the NSGC podcast series. The NSGC podcast series would not be possible without our dedicated subcommittee members, Naomi Wagner, Rowan Awad, and Kayla Sheets. Visit www.nsgc.org forward slash JGCCEU to learn how to earn CEUs for listening to this podcast episode. This recording is produced by the National Society of Genetic Counselors. I'm your host, Kalita Leaquat. We'll see you next time.